Dank. I know what you're going to say. I changed my hair. It's nice that way. Leah. I'm sorry. I know. I know you are. I'm just glad you're here. At the end. I came to face him, Leah. I held out hope for so long, but I know my son's gone. No one's ever really gone. Welcome to the Wampa's Lair Podcast. Deep in the bowels of the frozen ice caverns of Hawk, our hosts, Carl LeClaire, Jason Hunt, and Katie Horn, discuss all things Star Wars. So join the conversation and hang out here in the Wampa's Lair. Hey everybody, and welcome back to another exciting episode of the Wampus Lair Podcast. This is episode number 340, Standard Shipping. I'm, as always, one of your hosts, Jason Hunt, and with me, the Poe Dameron and Ray, to my fin, we have Carla Claire and Katie Horn. Wait, I, I don't know which one I want to be. Oh no! Well, I'll make it easy for you. Okay. <laughs> I'm Finn. <laughs> I said I was Finn. Oh crap! I'm never listening right. I'm 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 Poe. No, I'm just gonna take all three of them for myself and leave none for you two. <laughs> Wait, I thought I was the podcast. <laughs> You've been usurped. Yeah. Oh, yeah. Katie's now the podcast. Yeah, it's just me now. <laughs> it's I mean... just us. <laughs> <laughs> We're gonna oh. have we're gonna have a stare down this weekend, Katie, over this. <laughs> oh my yes, throw down. Oh my gosh. In person, live <laughs> at Rancho Obi-Wan. <laughs> Wait, what's that you say? People are probably confused if they don't know what we're talking about. Um but first off, I'm glad to be back. Missed you guys last week. Yeah, um, I too. I'm especially you missed too. having uh, be able to talk with Suara. My goodness, that that yeah. gentleman is quite bright. Oh um, my gosh, and he's so sweet. Oh my yeah. gosh, Suara. Yeah. Thank you for being on. <laughs> yeah, yes. I'm so glad he was on. And also, kudos to you, Katie, for the best title in all seven years of The Wampus Lair. That was amazing. <laughs> Leave it to Sheever. <laughs> Leave it yeah. to Sheever. I literally like thought of that, and then I leaned over and showed it to my beloved, and he just went, you're a monster. <laughs> <laughs> uh, it was so good. Uh, it was so good. <laughs> so, um... I'm glad to be back. Uh, last week was last week was rough, my friends. You know about it. Um, so I, I'm, I'm glad to be back with the two of you and, and talk some Star Wars, specifically relationships in Star Wars. And uh, so we're we're going to talk some standard shipping today. 
today and uh, you know look at some of our favorite relationships in Star Wars, romantic or otherwise. So hopefully, yes. hopefully you'll get on board with us. But before we do, Jason already alluded to it. That's right, everyone. The three of us are meeting up this weekend in California, and we're hitting Rancho Obi Wan as a Wampuser family. Yes. <laughs> This is exciting. I, not only are we going to be all together again for the second year, folks, yeah, um, <laughs> but we're heading Rancho Obi-Wan and essentially celebrating one year of Katie joining the Wampa's Lair. That's I'm right. one years old. Yes. Yes. <laughs> oh, oh I'm so I'm so ready for it. I've never been to Rancho and I just I'm really glad that I get to share it with the two of you and just everything all of it just i can't wait i'm just, I, I can't wait <laughs> yeah and you know i'm so excited to get to go back a second time in two years i mean uh jason yes. and i were, were gifted with a membership last year from our friend scott rifen who does my star wars story great great friend great great dude all around and um he lit a fire and it's just like yeah i want to be a lifetime member too so uh, all you need is one member, so I was like, uh, "Katie, Jason, shall we go?" And yes, it didn't take any convincing. Um, <laughs> not, not at all. But uh, <laughs> I'm also glad though that we're we're also going with obviously Katie's beloved, the the yeah. good and great Nate, who is the like sweetest <laughs> man in all the land. Our, um, our MVP from Celebration, yeah, yes. definitely <laughs> the MVP of Star Wars Celebration. Um, and I'm really excited that we get to go with our friend Matt Cranky, who's one of the hosts over at the Starlack Pit. And Matt has been uh, a formative partner ever since the early days of the Wampas Lair. So, and Matt's never been to Rancho either. So I'm really excited that we get to share that with him as well. Um, yeah. So it's going to be a great time. I, I'm, I'm just looking forward to it so much. Um, and then Jason and I are committing to what we didn't get to do last year when we were in California, which is driving up to the actual state park, the Redwood State park in northern california where they filmed endor so we can hike the actual forest moon this time um, yes. and it was, it's so funny i don't know if you noticed jason on social media uh, both riley and bethany blanton from the Star Wars report were just out there last month and right. I, I was like what the heck i was like that totally just stole our thunder so but that's all right i know their show like, did come wait, first you so couldn't have sense. like waited a month and like Gone with us or something? Yeah, like, right. Rude. <laughs> so, of course, we didn't uh, tell them we were going. So, yes. you know. <laughs> so we are going to have a fun little Star Wars excursion this coming weekend. And, of course, we'll share uh, pictures and maybe even some fun little videos uh, from some of the adventures we get up to. So Yeah, we'll, we'll, we'll see. It'll that. at least be pictures. We can't promise anything else because we always do and then always forget to do it because we're having so much fun in the moment. Yeah. So <laughs> that's that's what happens when we do these things. So but Yeah. Anyway. It's, it's going to be fun. It's going to be fantastic. And um, I'll try I, I can't wait. I'll try not to break too much stuff. <laughs> oh, crap. Try. Yeah. Try. Yes. Please try. don't get us kicked out. <laughs> yeah. We're going to have to bring, like, uh, baggies of, of vases and things like that yeah. for Katie to smash <laughs> while we're at Rancho because we don't want her to actually damage anything in Rancho. Oh. <laughs> so. Oh, my gosh. Yeah. So, um, yeah, stay tuned for, for our fun adventures out out west coming up well out west depending where you live i mean i'm in boston so it's definitely out west (laughs) so it's um, still a little west for me yes and it's even west for katie 
Petaluma yeah, exactly. west of Sacramento. So <laughs> true. <Yeah. laughs> true. Um, but uh, before we going be- west. <laughs> Before we get into our exp- expediated shipping, um, <laughs> just to, I'm just, not going to not laugh at that yeah. joke. I'm sorry. Uh, we uh, just to, just a general thank you. We've gotten like six, five or six new iTunes reviews just in the past week. Um, just oh, well, I guess in the last couple of weeks, um, probably thanks in large part to Suara. Um, and, uh, we promise to next week, start going through them one by one and actually giving you verbal shout outs and reading your reviews. Um, because I'm, you know, we've, we've always said thank you to the username, but we've never read them. But I also realized if somebody's going to take the time to write them, we should probably read them. Like they're being courteous enough to take, take time out of their, their day to, to say these nice things. We should read them. And uh, who doesn't like an ego boost? Am I right? <laughs> so, right, I mean, yeah. <laughs> I, I don't know what you're talking about, Carl. That's I why. never, ever, ever like an ego boost. I mean, that's why I joined the dark <laughs> side. It's not <laughs> congratulating yourself all the time. <laughs> yes. Good. Good. <laughs> Flatter me. Yes. Um, so... <laughs> I, you know, we, we, I know Suara gave, gave the two of you a, a pretty fun, silly <laughs> matchup last week that we never got around yeah. to posting in between. Um, but uh, we'll remind you of that at the end of the episode, which we will have for next week's episode. Yes. Um, but uh, well, I want to talk about some relationships in Star Wars. Yeah. Yeah. Um, and we're who, just like, we're yeah. like Ray throwing ourselves in a box and shipping ourselves express to Kylo Ren's house. That's. <laughs> <laughs> Chewy stamps the lid, and he's like, "Send it, ship it, go." Or like, you know, Carl just hopping into a box and saying, "Please send me to Alden." And they're like, "We don't know where he lives." And I'm like, "Well, find him, find him." Just, just do it, gosh. Um, but uh, Jason, I'm going to throw this to you first. All right. What, so, what, what do you got uh, for us first? Yes. Yeah, the so, first relationship uh, you want? Just talk to about? remind everybody, we're we're sort of redoing. The format for our top fives here. So we're going to um, go into our, our top three in detail. Um, and once we hit that point between our number twos and our number ones, we'll hit numbers four and five as if they're honorable mentions real quick. So um, here is my number three Star Wars relationship. Um, and that's going to be the brother-sister relationship of Luke and Leia. Um, so it's actually perfect that we had the clip of them at the beginning because um, I, I love the idea of them being, you know, brother and sister and having this this you know long lost sibling relationship that we sort of discover um, across the you know the stars. The, the star, well, yes, across the stars <laughs> um, and, and across the original trilogy. You know, uh, <laughs> thank you, Carl, for that. That's from Attack of the um, Clones, Jason. You like that and, movie? Yes. I do like that, and I, I got the joke. I, I'm smart. I got the joke. Ha <laughs> ha. Anyways. <laughs> Thank you. Thank You're welcome. You so much. Oh, I'm going to start crying. Oh my God. I'm off kilter here now. Um, but anyways, so we obviously, you know, in their timeline, they're separated at birth. Um, Luke goes to Tatooine, Leia to Alderaan. They grow up very differently, and through happenstance aka the force ladies and gentlemen get thrown together in this uh big adventure the rebellion against the empire and after a a weird rough start when they uh luke has uh romantic interest in his sister (laughs) 
that quickly gets squashed. Thank you. Uh, but they come to realize they're brother and sister, and uh, the connection between them deepens almost instantly once they realize that. Um, you know, the, we get the the scene on the Ewok catwalk where Luke reveals to Leia, definitely, and definitely everything catwalk. starts. Yeah, everything starts to make sense. And then at the end of Return of the Jedi, when the Death Star blows up, we get that moment between Leia and Han where she reveals to Han, oh, no, he's my brother, um, after you know, <laughs> sensing him being safe after the explosion. Uh, you know, So we, we see immediately the relationship deepens between them. Uh, but honestly, what really puts them this high on my list is the relationship of the two of them in the sequel trilogy. You know, where Leia is seeking Luke so desperately because she, you know, she needs him not only, I'm sure, for the help that he could provide the resistance, but because she misses him. Mm -hmm. She's 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 her brother. Uh, And when they finally reconnect through the force, when Luke opens himself back up to the force, you know, that's the first thing he he feels is Leia's presence. And it basically brings her out of a coma, mm. you know, and then of course they have that, that meeting across the stars, so to speak on crate, which is one of the most beautiful things I've, you know, in last Jedi to me is seeing Luke and Leia reunited, even if it is, you know, through the force, you know, and not physically. Um, but yeah, I, I love their relationship. And I'm curious to see if we'll get any more of that developed in uh, Rise of Skywalker. So, but yeah. Gosh, I would hope so. I certainly hope so for Rise of Skywalker. You know, that's not just something you drop, I think. Right. (laughs) Right. Yeah, yeah. But, you know, Luke is, we can assume, a force ghost at this point. So (laughs) we'll see what, what happens after that, if he appears to Leia or not. So I think he might, but... You know, there's so much other stuff that's going to go on in The Last Jedi that mm. who knows if they'll be able to squeeze it in. So, <laughs> yeah, yeah, yeah. But, um, nice. yeah. At, anyway, but anyways, uh, yeah, that's my number three, ladies and gentlemen. Yeah, I'm going to go ahead and admit that that was my number three as well. Like, it was Luke <laughs> and Leia, because I was like, how can I not? Oh, my gosh. They're, they really are just one of those central relationships to the saga. You know, it was Leia's call, you know, help me, Obi-Wan Kenobi, that spurned Luke into action, you know? And then it was the the repeat of that message in The Last Jedi that, that again, just stirred up Luke. He, he had gotten so comfortable in his routine, you know, just out there feeling sorry for himself. And then, you know, R2 plays him that message. He's like, nothing's going to change my mind. Oh, wait, Leia can change my mind. <laughs> <laughs> Pretty much. That's uh, and you just You just know that, like, that's why he hasn't picked up the phone to call Leia, because he knows that he can't, he would not be able to say no to her. He, and, and, and you just know that so much of him going away and cutting himself off from the force is because he didn't want to disappoint her, you know, and, and kind of tell her what he's done, the role that he played in, in the downfall of her son, you know, like it's, yeah, it, it, it's very emotional. (laughs) It is. I I watched that, that scene that you were talking about um, from return of the Jedi, you know, on Endor between Luke and Leia. And uh, I watched that earlier today and I just had chills the Mm. whole time. 
you know it, it it's just it's profound you know this connection that they have you can feel it coming off the screen yeah yeah it's really good it's real good so yeah. high fives internet high yes fives. yes uh, same number three <laughs> yeah well I, i'll i'll save it um oh, okay. <laughs> but uh my number three is a sequel trilogy um relationship and it's poe and finn Nice. Um, ah, yeah. <laughs> I just I love these two and they were I think like the first time I saw Force Awakens one of the first things that really well to be fair the first time I saw Force Awakens I cried a lot in the first five minutes just because I was seeing Star Wars on the big screen again um, <laughs> I mean it could have yeah, relatable it could have been a Jawa rolling in the sand and I would have been in tears <laughs> like it's <laughs> wouldn't have been didn't take much um, but I just, th- but with subsequent viewings, when they're escaping together from, you know, the first order and yes. Poe is Poe literally is the one that gives Finn a name. He gives him an identity. He gives him a sense of individuality. He gives him a sense of personhood. Um, mm-hmm. and it's just one of the most beautiful moments to me in all of star Wars is as they're leaving together, they're off on this adventure and, Poe sees right through Finn, like, you know, Finn, oh, yeah. it's the right thing to do. No, you need a pilot. Um, <laughs> you need a pilot. I need a pilot. <laughs> yeah, I need a pilot. But there's just like this, there's this instant chemistry to the two of them. And in a way, it might be a bit of a stretch, but they have a somewhat similar relationship in Force Awakens that R2 and 3PO have in the sense that Finn is the nervous, neurotic one. Yes. And Poe is the cool, chill one who's constantly holding him in check, right? Like, you know, I'm not getting in there. What are you talking about? You know, and uh, right. like Finn's like, what? Jakku? We can't go back to Jakku. <laughs> like, and Poe's just so <laughs> chill about everything. Um, but I think that's important. Like, it gives Finn some necessary balance in his life. Yeah. Um. So, like, we get to see them, like, form this really fast friendship which you know that's that's going to happen in a in kind of a crisis situation like when you're when you're bonding with somebody in a crisis situation it creates a very quick deep bond because you have to trust one another right like finn's literally got posed back as well right like he's the one who's shooting from behind like he's literally covering pose back so like there's this immediate like need for uh, uh like camaraderie um yeah, and I just man, when when he's like, you know, what's your name anyway? FN two one eight seven. What? What? <laughs> yeah, you know what? <laughs> what? Well, I just yes. love that it's like, well, I use it. It's like, yeah. no, you're not a no. number. You're exactly. a person. Yeah, I'm a person, and my name is Anakin. You know what I mean? <laughs> yeah, yeah. Right. it's like, yes. no, you're a person. Yeah, but then yeah, he gives him a name, but he immediately follows it up with, "Is that all right?" Yes. You know, because at, at the end of the day, if he had like forced that name on Finn, then it's no better than a number. So right. it's all like, I, I have an idea. How about I call you Finn? Is that all right? And yeah. Finn's like, I love it. Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> I'm like, yeah. 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 I like and, that. Yeah. I like <laughs> that. Yeah. You know, yeah. so, you know, when then, like, I love then their reunion then on Dakar towards the end of the film. Yeah. Right. Yeah. The, for, in bo- I feel like in both their minds, the other was killed, right? Like, Poe probably yeah. just assumes Finn didn't make it and vice versa. So yeah. the way they embrace there, though, it is. There is just like this 
intimacy there. Um, and again, like, is it romantic? Isn't it? I don't care to be completely honest. I think <laughs> I if, just if together, yeah, I it's just like to be together doesn't imply that it has to be romantic. Um, but it's if like it were romantic, that's also opinion. fine. Like, yeah, I don't. I to me, all that's important about that scene is that there's a, already a profound respect and love for one another. Like, I don't yes. care what how that's defined. Um, but, I mean, I I want to see them kiss because I'm a huge <laughs> shipper. But at the end of the day, I just want them to be together. Just don't separate you guys. <laughs> yeah, well, look, seems like we're gonna get a lot of them together in, in nine, which is gonna be oh, great. Yeah, I'm um, so here for it. Yes, but you know, like it, they're they're kind of expedited shipping. Um, really does <laughs> like just make me think of you know when you some like you just sometimes click with people. Um, like I think that's Mm -hmm. just a a fact of life and I think the two of them do click really quickly Um, and I really like that Um, it's almost like you remember in kindergarten when you would just sit next to somebody and then all of a sudden you're best friends because you know it's so it's so pure yeah you know yeah. Finn and Poe are just like kindergartners, right? <laughs> when they when they right. get next to each other, they're just like, wait a second, we're best friends. Yeah, we are. <laughs> Poe is like the ultimate extrovert, and Finn is like, I've never had a human connection in my life. Yeah, and so yeah, <laughs> and yeah. so that like that's a connection that was like instantaneous and is going to be <laughs> solid forever. Right. So well, and you know when they get back to Dakar as well, like. Poe immediately sees Finn as as he puts it, a good man. You're a good man, you know. Yeah. And yeah. he's already been talking about Finn to Leia, and who knows who mm-hmm. else at that base, right? In the eyes of Poe, Finn's a hero. He he yeah. left the First Order, which he understands to be damn near impossible, right? Mm-hmm. Like it's like it's like walking away from an abusive relationship. That's really hard to do, but Finn yeah. did it. So in the eyes of Poe. I really do feel like Poe is the reason Rose thinks that Finn's a hero. I don't know if he told ah, Rose directly. Yeah. Probably not. But Poe is the reason that anyone in the Resistance, by the time we get to Last Jedi, sees Finn as a hero. I, that's po. I mean, Poe's the one spreading that. Here's what probably yeah. happened. Yeah. Poe's talking Finn up to all the other pilots, of which, <laughs> of which Paige is one. Yeah, and yeah. Paige passes that on to her mechanic sister, Rose. And so... You know, obviously, game of telephone. You know, Finn. It's pl- blown up. So. <laughs> the stormtrooper who, yeah, who turned and and rescued Finn, and not Finn, rescued Poe, pulled him out of his cell and rescued him, <laughs> and was instrumental wow. in the destruction of Star Killer Base. Oh right. wow! Yeah. Such hero, much heroism. <laughs> yes, such hero, much crush. Yes. You know. yes. <laughs> Oh, same. Um, but, and, you know, and we see their relationship even like it just deepened in Last Jedi, even though they don't get to be together a lot. Um, yeah. More just the idea, the, the whole cracking of, the, you know, the, the, the formulating of their plan. Like, yes, while the plan comes up empty, they're working together. There's this obvious trust between one another. And I think the thing that stands out to me is so important in their relationship in last Jedi is literally just Finn handing Poe the binary beacon to Ray. Yes. Oh, I'm right? so glad like, you said that. Yes. That's like yep. Finn's whole purpose still is, is Ray. It's not really the, the, the resistance yet. No. So to entrust that to Poe says a lot about how he feels about Poe. Yeah. Um, yeah. Yeah. The, the look on his face when he hands the binary beacon to, to Poe where it's all like, I, 
take care of her, take care of this, you know, if, if I don't come back or something, you know, like just that look on his face, that's, that is a look of trust and love. (laughs) And I love, I need it in my life. Yeah. Yeah. And you know, like, and and Poe understands the significance. Yes. Yeah. Yeah. Well, I think just like Poe was the one who spread, (laughs) spread all the word about Finn being the hero. It's pretty clear at the end of Last Jedi that Finn's done some talking about Ray because when Poe's, yeah. like, you know, when Poe meets her, she's like, "I'm Ray. I know. I know. Yeah. yeah. He's probably heard a lot about her oh, from you, Finn. You're only the girl who was lifting all those rocks five minutes ago. Right. I, I kind yeah. of noticed. Yeah. I kind right. Of, <laughs> right. And you're probably the only thing Poe or Finn talks about. Um, so yeah, I know who you are. Yeah. Oh my gosh. Oh my gosh. My favorite. Poe and Finn moment, it's so understated, um, is when, uh, you know, everybody's getting ready to go, you know, make this, this run on Starkiller base, you know, and, uh, and, uh, Finn and Poe like cross paths and the camera like swivels around Finn's head as he turns to like, look at Poe's retreating back, you Mm -hmm. know, and he has that, like, he has like a really concerned, really stern look on his face. And for me, I think that's the moment where Finn decides to be better than what he is, you know, because, you know, we know that Finn has just lied to the resistance, you know, it's all like, they're like, Oh, can, can you disable the shield? And he's like, yeah, I can. I totally can send me, send me, I will take care of it. This is, I know right where to go. Yep. Yeah. I know right what to do. JK, I work sanitation. (laughs) Right. Like as soon as he gets on Starkiller base, he's like, I'm just here for Ray, you know, and, and Han Solo is so mad at him. It's like the resistance is counting on us, you know? And I think if Poe hadn't put that trust in Finn and like, you know, patted his shoulder before he left and you know what I mean? And like really personified the resistance for Finn you know, I think Finn would have been totally okay with like just turning his back on the resistance, except for the fact that Poe Dameron is now going to die if he doesn't mm. lower that shield and do what he said he was going to do. Yeah, you right. know, that's oh my gosh, that's my favorite moment for them. Like, uh. that's a good one. It's a real good one. Good pick. They they missed my list by inches, so <laughs> they're not on my list <laughs> by inches. So. <laughs> by that i mean they're probably number six maybe seven. so anyways um, well, what's your second one uh wait did we get to katie I oh wait, no that's like yeah. you, you, you were the same as me yeah uh my second one uh this should come as no surprise uh chiriton bays uh, i love oh, these damn, two I, I um about them. whoops <laughs> <laughs> No, I I love these two, and we we don't really get to see a lot of their you know the inter in and outs of their relationship in the movie because you know it's it's kind of not necessarily peripheral, but it's not the main story. Um, but we do get the sense that they've known each other for years, possibly decades. They've grown up in this tradition of the Guardians of the Wills, so they are devoted to the same cause. Um, but you know, even when within that kind of thing, you develop a brotherhood. And you, there are people that you're closer to than others, and and they are definitely um, formed a brotherhood, a, a a bond that exceeds more than just you know partners for survival or friends. There is a there is a drive, especially within Chirrut, um, that, that seems to guide them. Uh, you know, and and Baze is at this point like. 
he's given up faith. So he's just like, all right, I'm I'm in it for you, not for your dreams. Um, yeah. <laughs> but, but, you know, and it means so much to cheer it as he's dying to pass on that information, that hope of, of the faith back over to Bayes. And I, I'm sure, you know, in that moment he saw something in Bayes' face and Bayes' eyes, you know, as he's quoting back, you know, to cheer it, the, you know, I'm, you know, forces with me and I'm the force. Or I just blanked the on the Forces with me and I'm one with the force. <laughs> yes, I'm one with the force. Oh, the force no. with me, I'm one with the force. Yes. As he quotes that back to cheer it as he's dying, cheer it can die happy, which he does, you know, and he knows that Baze's soul is, you know, safe again or whatever, you know, however they, they, they believe that. And, and this is something that this is a, a brotherhood and a bond that is deep and is forged in faith and fire. And it's it's almost impossible to break those kinds of things, even when you have your struggles, like when you, when you lose your faith, like Bayes did, you know, that, that it's a bond that, that, you know, is almost impossible to break. And seeing them, you know, caught up in this this adventure and this mission and how they react to it and how they're able to rely on each other um, and find a purpose again after their temple has been destroyed or ransacked or whatever, and they are not allowed back into it, you know, finding a, a purpose and a solid achievable goal once again and, and how they're able to, to go through that together is just amazing. And I, I love watching the two of them and I want more of them, besides just uh, the 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 junior novel that we got, which was fun. It's really good. I, I like <laughs> yeah. it. It's a great junior novel, but I want yeah. more. I need yeah. more of Cheer Bays, uh, ladies and gentlemen. So, uh, story group, I feel if you're like, listening, uh, uh, give me. Yeah, I feel like you know. Please, uh, may I have some more? Yes, <laughs> may I please? exactly. Exactly. More Bays and Cheer, just a spot. <laughs> <laughs> just. Uh, Spot a base and share it, please. Yeah, yeah. please. <laughs> oh my gosh. Uh, I'm like I'm so, I'm tearing up just thinking about how how perfect that last line is about you know, look to the force and you will find me, mm-hmm. you know? Because it's it's so hard when you lose someone, right? And you know, it because that's what they call it, right? You lose someone, and, and you're 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 thinking, how do I find you? How you know where where are you going, and why can't we be together anymore? You know, right. and right. everything that Baze has left is, is Chirrut. You know that that's that's the reason he stays. That's the reason he does anything is for Chirrut. And so, what does he do, and what does he look to without Chirrut? Mm-hmm. And Chirrut says, "Well, look to the Force, because that's that's where I am." You know, and yeah. and it would have been. So easy, I think, for for Baze to be like, but I don't believe anymore. I don't believe that, but he chooses to, you know, mm-hmm. and yeah, because yeah. because there's no, I don't think there's anything Chirrut could ask of him that Baze wouldn't give, you know, that wouldn't do, you know. Chirrut right. could say, run out into that field into all that blaster fire, you know, and Baze would do it absolutely. And Chirrut asks him to look to the force, yeah. and yeah. Yeah. Oh, it's very beautiful to me. Very, in yeah. the in the end, Chirrut is still just concerned for his soul. Oh. You know, it's well. I think he wants know. to to put him at 
at peace, you know? Yeah, exactly. Days is so spun up about everything, you know, and it's all yeah. like, you know, but I, I fear nothing for all, all is as the force wills it, you know, and, and if you are passive at peace, you know, then, yeah. It, yeah, yeah. And, and Baze <laughs> gains that peace, you know, mm-hmm. you, you mm-hmm. watch him march back out there and take out the rest of the death troopers and he is at peace. Yeah, exactly. You know? Yeah. Yeah. Man, I love that relationship. I can't believe it missed mine by inches too, Jason. Um, <laughs> yeah, I mean these are the brother monks, you know. Like I, I, yeah. I love them. I love this concept being in Star Wars too. The idea of like, uh, you know, a, a sacred order, and that's a different kind of relationship than any other sort of relationship we've gotten in Star Wars. They're not just they're not soldiers. They're not lovers. They're not friends per se. They're something else. Again, mm-hmm. and like, and and I like that because that's. Man, this is what I love about Star Wars is that we do get such a diversity of relationships because life isn't just certain kinds of relationships. There's so many kinds. Like, yeah. are Baze and Chariot friends? Maybe. I think they're more than that, though. Like, that's the thing. Like, yeah. they're very different people. I don't know that they would be friends if they weren't Guardians of the Wills. Like, Chariot is a very easygoing, peaceful person, and Baze is a very hot headed violent aggressive person like they're very <laughs> looking different. to hit some yeah and and granted like probably that that sensibility of bases has been exasperated by what happened on Jeddah for sure <laughs> um but usually if that's how you react in places of of tragedy and, and loss it's still like the inability to ever get over that says something about like mm. you know who Baze is and I, I don't mean that to be like like mean be like oh he's you know, a bad person. I think mm-hmm. like it, he's already probably, he's probably always been a somewhat aggressive person. Even Chirrut says to Cassian, right. When they're in the cell, like he used to be the most devoted guardian of us all. I bet you he had that <laughs> right. same fiery spirit just yeah. w- without a gun, <laughs> you know, yeah, right. um, like it was right. just a difference. He found a different way to, to use that kind of aggressiveness and aggressiveness isn't inherently bad thing. Um, so, but I love that be, even though they are so drastically different, they have such a deep bond f- because of the order that they've always been part of and what's defined their life has never changed for Chirrut, The faith of it has never gone anywhere. Bay's lost it somewhere. Um, but Chirrut helps him find it again. Right. And I think yeah. that's the thing, like in those last moments, um, I think it's a lot about Bay's assenting to that belief again, right? Like all faith, in the real world and in star Wars is ultimately like in some way, like an ascent to something that can't be like fully understood. Um, but it needs to be based in something. And literally base just saw the power of faith, <laughs> you know, with yes. what Chirrut did. So yeah. there's a reason to believe <laughs> like Chirrut just literally made that, you know, in in his actions. So I love that, you know, base just needs to see it through, his comrade. Um, and yeah, it's just, he needs to see it through Chirrut's eyes. Yeah. Yes. yeah. Which, yeah that's good. So, um, good one. Clever, Jason. So, Jason. So I'm so proud, proud of myself. Yes. <laughs> um, Gosh. but, uh, Katie, what's your next, uh, yeah, my number two is Anakin and Obi Wan. Oh, I'm glad this is on. Yeah, yeah, just a 
going back to those like really core relationships for the saga. You know what I mean? I really think, you know, even more almost than Anakin and Padme, Anakin and Obi-Wan are like central to the prequel saga, you know what I mean? And then that carries over to to the OT, you know? And this is how you could have known, like, even when I was, like, six years old that I was going to be a shipper, because, you know, I was sitting there, like, you know, like, seven years old and crying, all like, how could, how could Vader kill him <laughs> if he loved him? <laughs> 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 You know, just like, uh, uh, gosh, I remember that was definitely one of the things that like really fascinated me about Star Wars. The very first time I saw A New Hope, you know, that was the first Star Wars I ever saw when I was like six, seven. Uh, You know, it was this old guy talking about, you know, oh, and your father or Vader was a people of mine before he turned to evil, you know, and then and then once he does meet up with him again, Vader's like, oh, now the circle is complete, all this stuff. And I'm like, what is going on there? What's <laughs> this, you know, what's this history? And now we've seen it fleshed out. And it's just, I don't know. It's it, all that stuff you were talking about with like Bayes and Shirt was it's like, you know, there, there's so much more than comrades, so much more than soldiers, more than brothers, even like. Yeah. I don't know. <laughs> yeah. And the Clone Wars really helped to, to flesh this out in a way that <laughs> even the films couldn't, um, because we just get to spend so much more time with them um, and get to see their relationship grow and develop once the Master and Apprentice roles are no longer mm-hmm. uh, required. Yeah, you know? well, I mean, that even that never fit them quite right. You know what I mean? Master right. and Apprentice never really fit them, you know? And it yeah, it's they're almost like two souls, <laughs> you know, just twin yeah. souls. Yeah, 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 yeah. That was, um, you know, way before, uh, way before the Last Jedi came out. You know, when it was when Ray Kenobi could have been a thing. I that intri- Ray Kenobi intrigued me for that exact reason. Where I'm all like, it, you know, Ray being uh, Obi Wan's granddaughter fighting Anakin's grandson. That. That just you know they're they're like their two souls are coming back to each other again you know that yeah. that means something I don't yeah 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 that yeah. would have been interesting yeah mm-hmm. <laughs> yeah and, and there's I've often thought about like and 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 it, you know what makes Anakin so appealing to people in the prequels <laughs> and I think and again I don't I don't mean this to to be like a jerk bashing on the prequels. But, like, I think, ostensibly speaking, Hayden Christensen's just, like, he's not the best actor. Like, he's just not, in my opinion. Like, there are things he does that I love. But there's sometimes, like, all the struggles I've ever had with, like, Anakin's relationship to people comes down to, like, it's not portrayed the best. I, you know, there's always something wanting for me. So I try to think, like, well, gee, why did Padme fall in love with him? Like, besides the fact that he's hot, like, what else is there? And, like, I know, Katie, you've, you've explained very beautifully about how he'll always be little Annie. He's the one who gave everything to, to help he'll them. He'll always be hot. Yeah, yeah, he's always going to be hot, too. Um, but, I even, you know, thinking of, like, with Obi-Wan, what, what – because they're very different people in a lot of ways, kind of like Chirrut and Baze. But the thing I think that – Anakin has that I think is such an attractive quality and it's mostly showcased in the Clone Wars is his playfulness. Anakin is extremely playful. And I think I think even in Attack of the Clones, even though it's cheesy, 
I feel like that is something that Padme starts to fall for with him as well. Like when they're rolling around in the grass in, in Naboo, yeah. like there is, you know, Master Obi-Wan caught me doing this. He'd be very grumpy. Uh, grumpy. You know, yes. Because he's cutting her pair and giving it back to her with the force, you yeah. know. Did he it's, have to do that? No, but he's playing. He's trying to impress her. He's good. Right. Yeah. So that, that and that silliness, that playfulness, I think, does have an effect on Obi Wan. Um, yes. We see a much sillier Obi Wan in the Clone Wars than we did in in you know episodes one or two. Um, like right. there is a, I think that Anakin brings out that fun side in others too, and I think that's a very attractive quality. Yeah. yeah. I think. Yeah, definitely. I think yeah. It, I don't know when Obi-Wan kind of summarizes his feelings for Anakin in a, you know, to Anakin's face, you know, I've raised you from the, since the time you were a small boy, yeah. <laughs> you know, it talks about how proud he is of Anakin, you know, I, Anakin. Yeah. He kind of goes off the deep end sometimes, but he's also, you know, really competent and really smart. And, you know, how, how could you be his master and not be proud of him? You know, and, and right. want what's best for him. How can you watch him grow up and not want what's best for him? Yeah. You know, and want him to be happy and looked after and all that stuff, you know? Like, uh, yeah. 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 Oh, that's, that's a good, good one. Yeah. I'm really glad. I'm really glad that relationship got on here. It, 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 yeah. Mm-hmm. That was that was vying with, with the Finn and Poe um, for a spot on my list and it didn't mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. So I should. Yeah, for me. I gotta say, I didn't. These are not necessarily my top five ever. I just thought of oh, okay. like ones that have been on my mind a lot lately. So, I mean, my number okay. one is, well, you'll see. But um, <laughs> but yeah, I will say like yeah, the, I because I thought of Obi Wan and Anakin like Qui Gon and Obi Wan, and I was like, well, mm-hmm. I they have I've been thinking about them, so I wanted to talk about the people I've been thinking about. So to be fair, this isn't exactly a top five for me. So, okay. That's my way of wiggling her out of the, the fact that I feel like I'm giving wrong answers. So. Oh, no, not at all. No. There's no wrong answer here. Yeah. Um, well, um, because you want to give us your next wrong answer, what's your number two? Well, I think you'll agree because it's Luke and Leia. Um, oh, there we go. Yeah. Yeah. And so, but before I go into that, because actually I didn't write them down initially. Um, I, had, I had two other characters that I'll say for a second, but. Um, I was texting with, with Greg earlier in the week, uh, my, my buddy Greg. Um, and uh, <laughs> there's, another, there's another one of those for you, Greg, to point out on your Twitter account. Yes. Uh- <laughs> um, and I, you know, I just I asked him, you know, why he thinks Luke abandons the Force because um, mm-hmm. I was watching Last Jedi one night, and I was like, huh, and not in like not in like a tell me why this is stupid. It makes no sense. But just like no, like. I love asking people that love that movie their opinions because I feel like they know it better than I do um, because they have a deeper appreciation for it. Um, So I'm giving props to Greg because some of these thoughts are very clearly his. um, And then I'm going to probably build off them and make them worse. But um, Greg (laughs) Greg made a great point of how – you know, everything that has always motivated and, and you kind of made this point as well, Katie, but what has always motivated Luke has been Leia, right? She was the one who calls him to action in a new hope. She's the reason he decides to go back to Cloud City and end his training early. Yes, obviously Han as well, but Leia's prime on his mind. Um and he and that's what causes him to lash out at Vader at the end of Jedi is when he right. threatens yeah. Leia. Um so that's always so that's always been the case um and he's so ashamed of letting her down that he cuts himself off of any way of her connecting with him 
right? Yeah. Like, and we see, like you said, Jason, right? As soon as Luke chooses to connect back to the Force again, the first thing he connects with is Leia. <laughs> you yeah. Know? Um, so it makes sense that he would take out that communication as well. Right. Yeah. It's so intrinsic to who they are at this point, 30 years after Return of the Jedi, that as soon as they're in tune with the Force, they're in tune with one another. Um, yeah. so, Luke, Luke has been hiding underneath the rock. And as soon as he steps out from underneath the rock, <laughs> the beacon that Leia has been sending out for the last, you know, however many years it's been, yeah. hits him full force. Right. So, <laughs> right. Even though she's you know, in a he coma. He looks at his phone and there's <laughs> yeah. 5,000 unread messages from Leia. Like, oh, no. <laughs> Oh crap! <laughs> won't stop buzzing. Yeah, everything. There we go. So, yes, that's um, how that works. Yeah. There's one. There's one ex- message from Han. You know, what do you mean? I was Han about it. Like, yeah. <laughs> what does that even mean? CC Carl Leclerc. <laughs> um, Listen, kid. Yeah. So, so those were like. I just I loved that that notion that that Greg shared with me Um, and something I was thinking about today as I was watching Return of the Jedi is I think what Leia also really represents for Luke connecting it back to a new hope is she represents the family he actually longed for like his father is the tortured part of his family history that he has to make right but it's also something he has to contend with Leia is clearly the type of family I think he wanted, right? Um, I think Leia provides something that Luke so intrinsically desired, which is the connection of family. And he couldn't have that with his father. Um, but he can have that with, with Leia easily. Um, I, like think it's, was, I think maybe it was like Luke always felt like a part of him was missing, you know? Like... Mm. You know, Luke's just not a farmer, Owen. You know, like to be that young boy on that farm and feeling like I don't belong here. Something, something's missing. Something in me is missing. And what is it? You know, unable to figure that out. And then when he finds out that he has a sister, it's like, oh, that, that was it. You know, this person that he's been tied to his whole life. You know, like taken from him like that. You know, he can only really be complete again once he's reunited with her. Right. Let's not forget they're twins and twins have that thing right you know well four yeah. sensitive and, twins yeah, right. four sensitive twins <laughs> yeah. Ladies and gentlemen. yeah this guy's worse yeah <laughs> and, and leia's even quick to say that to him in return of the jedi right like somehow i've always known um yeah. you know there's it just sense now well yeah. yeah you you hear that you read stories about you know twins that that really were separated in real life and they say that they always knew they always felt that you know that there was some part of them missing yeah. you know yeah, yeah. yeah. Well, and, and, <laughs> and I think they, like there's that twin thing that they you know they say they can feel when the other one gets hurt or or is mad or something, and that they can like sense it. You know, there's that twin telepathy thing that goes on sometimes. It's weird. Yeah, I, I can't. I can't. Yeah. You know. Yeah. So, but yeah, and of course it's the force. So yeah, there's that. Well, and and I think even the relationship between Luke and Leia too is it brings out a side of Leia. That we mm-hmm. kind of hadn't seen before in the original trilogy. The way she reacts to Luke is somewhat motherly, if that makes sense, I feel like. Mm-hmm. Like when he admits that Vader's there, he's hunting for Luke, and Leia says, run away from here, far away. Right? Yeah. You know, she she's trying to protect him. She's um, going to put herself between Vader and Luke. Yeah. Yeah. 
Yeah. But she and, always does, though. She's mm-hmm. she's ready to take on the fight with anybody or every, right. anything. But so she, she's going to do the same for Luke. Yeah. Vader has taken so much from Leia. Like, yeah. so much. And she, she's not going to let him take away her brother, too. You know? Right. Like, no right. way. Yeah. yeah. And, you know, um, even... Even in the the sequels, like when Luke, you know, he's telling Ray that, you know, he tr- Leia Leia blamed Snoke for what happened to Ben, but it was me, right. it was my fault, right? Like, uh. I, who knows what Luke told her if he told her anything? We again, we we don't know that history yet. Um, we're gonna mm-hmm. get it, I'm sure, whether it's a nine or an expanded material in the future. Yeah, but we don't know what Luke told her. But I feel like at that point, Luke was. He probably tried his best to be as honest as he could, but Leia refused to believe that he was solely responsible. Um, again, yeah. which to me is like she, in some ways, wants to protect him. Yeah. Um, yeah. But it's also like Luke to take on more responsibility than he, he's actually due. So, or more guilt, more blame than he's actually due. So, you know, it's. I think both could be right in this case. Yeah. Yeah. yeah for sure. So. so. Um, well, shall we give our honorable mentions? Yeah. Yes, our fours and fives. Yeah. Um, <laughs> all right. Uh, my number five, and uh, this is this is weird because it's the only romantic relationship I have on here. Um, but it's Kanan Jarrus and oh. Harris and Dula. Oh. Nice. <laughs> I love their relationship. Yeah. You know, this know. one. It's one of the most beautiful things in Rebels is to watch them. You know, go from like, you know. Yeah. With, we we kind of have this flirty thing going, but we're busy with the war, so we can't do anything <laughs> to get to the end of season, you know, get, get into season four. And it's like, whatever, we've been through so much. We're never going to have an actual good chance to do anything. Let's move forward. And then, of course, Kanan sacrifices himself because, you know, to, <laughs> it's to save Star Hera. Wars. And it's yeah. Star Wars <laughs> and all that fun stuff. But, yes, I love Kanan and Hera. It, it's a beautiful relationship. Um, and then my number four this is weird because I was wanting to do initially I was going to do Qui-Gon and Obi-Wan, but I was like, no, there's another relationship with Qui-Gon in the Phantom Menace that I like better. It's Qui-Gon and Anakin because here's why here's why this is the only example of a good father son relationship we get (laughs) In the entire Star Wars saga, we get because Anakin views Qui Gon as a father, and this is the only. I mean, obviously, you know, Han and, and Kylo have their issues, and and you know, Han tries to be a good dad and does a decent job, but he's you know, he it's Han and it's Kylo or Ben, you know, and it, they have their own issues. But this is like, you know, a really important you know sort of father-son relationship father-son dynamic that you know anakin craves obviously because he's never had a father uh you know he was medichlorians you know managed to help give birth (laughs) to him in with shmi and he had a wonderful relationship with his mother and that's a relationship that i wish i had room on my list for but um you know when qui-gon comes along and he offers him this you know, this adventure, this journey, this, you know, the desire that he wanted to be a Jedi is now within his reach and he jumps at it, you know, and then he gets that taken away from him. And so what does he do? He tries to find another father figure. 
Obi-Wan's too young and too uptight. So that's where Palpatine comes in, um, <laughs> unfortunately. But we get some really good stuff with Qui-Gon and Anakin. And I love their relationship. It's really, <laughs> it's really kind of special in a way that we don't really get in the other movies. When, so. Qui-Gon, when Qui-Gon picks up Anakin on his yes, shoulders. It's so good. Yes. Yeah. So good. It's so cute. So good. It's so good. And then it's when cute. he's explaining when he's explaining the force and you know what he's expecting of Anakin, yeah. you know, as they go back to Naboo and everything on the, the <laughs> Coruscant platform, he's like, No, no, no. It, 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 he doesn't treat Anakin like a little kid. Yeah. He treats him, you know, like he's responsible because he has to be. Mm-hmm. But it's in a way that's nice and loving and everything like that. So yeah. it's, it's it's really awesome. And I really love that relationship. So Aww. I want to get Qui-Gon in here somewhere because I was like, Qui-Gon and Obi-Wan, I could do. Qui-Gon and Jar Jar, I like that relationship, but it's not really fleshed out at all. Um, so I wanted some Qui-Gon on here because Qui-Gon's amazing. And, uh, and, yeah. Can't blame so you. Can't blame you for that. Yeah. No that's way. Qui-Gon, <laughs> sir, uh, I don't want to be a problem. You won't be that's too precious. Yeah, uh, uh, it's so, so good. What were your uh, fours and five, Katie? Five and four. Uh, four and five for me were going to be Anakin and Padme again. Just getting to those really, you know, core relationships. They're they're everything. Mm. Oh my gosh! Yeah, yeah. They're, they're, the 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 ramifications of their love just echoes through the entire saga. Like we're still resolving it in yeah. in, in the sequel trilogy. Yeah, absolutely. And then uh, the other one for me is going to be Han and Kira. Nice. nice. Yeah. I'm just I'm very taken with their romance. I can't even explain it. Maybe because it it ends tragically and mm. I'm a sucker. For it. yeah. <laughs> uh it's like, oh, they they're happy, they get married and have children, whatever. Oh, they they betray each other and like there's tears. Yeah. Like, yes, I, I love it. <laughs> <laughs> Yeah, no, I'm just, I'm very taken by their chemistry. I'm very taken by, you know, their history, you know, that they, they grew up together in that way. And, you know, and, and they wanted this life together. And Kira still thinks about, you know, getting that ship with him and flying off into the stars and it makes her smile. But, you know, but she can't let herself have it. And it's just, I don't know, I'm very, I'm very taken with it. So it makes a top five for me. Yeah, yeah. That missed mine. It's a good one. Missed mine by inches as well. Oh, yeah. Um, yeah, it's good. But my number five is uh, Beckett and Vale. Um, nice. Even though we get so little of them, don't mm-hmm. care. that like, And that's to me what makes them so good is we get so little and they say so much. Mm-hmm. Um, yeah. And they're very yeah, shippable. Yeah. Expedited shipping right there. Right. Indeed. <laughs> indeed. You know, the, the one thing that would have made me like Beckett more is if I had never watched. Um, oh, my gosh. What is it? Uh, the HBO show he did with Matthew McConaughey. Um, the Hunger what? Games. No. no. Oh, God, I don't remember <laughs> it. But the the character that... Um, wow, why am I also blanking on the actor's name? Who plays Beckett? Woody Harrelson. Woody Harrelson. Woody Harrelson. Yeah, the character yeah. Woody Harrelson plays... Oh, in True Detective. He's in season one of True Detective with Matthew McConaughey. Is such a despicable character that like it made me like Beckett a little less. But it's like, no, wait, it's uh-huh. not the same character. No, but anyway, it's not. <laughs> um, the thing I just love about Beckett and Vale so much is the fact that they are very, very unrefined people, yet mm-hmm. find love. Um, it's what makes them one of my like favorite romantic relationships in Star Wars is the fact that, you know, they're not like they're not black and white good people because they break the law. 
Um, but they're also survivalists who we don't know anything about their backstory, but we can assume they've had a rough go of things in life and yet they found each other. Um, and that makes them beautiful. Like Val goes out essentially giving her life for her beloved. Um, and even when Beckett dies, his dying words are simply like, I I just wanted to learn to play that Val accord. (laughs) Just, while no, he's not, I'm not okay. Yeah, like he's not all he's right. not a bad yeah. guy. Um, so it's really it's really sad. But what they show Han is also what I love about them. Like because they make mm-hmm. Han believe that he can find that too. Um, mm-hmm. And to me, that's just beautiful. So yeah, um, Beckett and Val are my my like I have real life people in my life that are my Beckett and Val right now. So <laughs> I, I feel like I'm <laughs> perpetually awesome. at a campfire when I'm with my friends Tamara and Sarah. So I'm like this Aww. is amazing. So, um, <laughs> but, uh, but my number four is also like you, Jason, I've got, uh, uh Hera and Kanan. Um, nice. I love their relationship as well. They just, I don't know. They just like bring out the best in each other, like all good relationships do. And I think, uh, even though I've never finished reading rebel Dawn because I can't stand John Jackson Miller as an author, sorry. Cause I know people <laughs> love him. I just think he's the worst writer. Um, but, uh, sorry, that was like really mean. It's such a, I did like, <laughs> I'm like, wow, yeah, tell us how you read uh, the yeah. deal. <laughs> I did like Kenobi after like 80 pages. Like the dude needs to know how to like get a story going quicker. Um, <laughs> but then it did get good. But Rebel Dawn, my God, I just could never get through it. But what I did pick up that I thoroughly enjoyed is the fact that Kanan is kind of, you know, he's a kind of a, a drunk <laughs> and like just <laughs> wasting his life. And then he meets Hera. Um, yeah. And while it's not Hera's duty to put him back together, she's just so put together that it reminds Kanan of who he really is. Yeah. Um, and I think that's a good love story is, you know, reflecting back to somebody who they also are. You know, it's not her duty to fix him. It's just her duty to be her best self. And that brings out Kanan's best self. And we see that ultimately come to its fruition in the fact that Kanan, be, you know, just gives everything he gives his life which is probably the to me one of the saddest most tragic death scenes in all of star wars is kanan's death i Um, burst into tears i have not ugly cried as much as i've done ever like ever as much as that that night when i watched that episode of rebels yeah it was so good um but we in, saw it in, coming, you know. Oh, for sure. Weeks and weeks away, and then you know, I, well, I everything about I would that. See, yeah, everything. Ugh. Everything about that episode is Kane and saying goodbye to her. Yeah, um, it is. It is, and you know, becoming that Jedi that he used to be, like fully, right? Being that Jedi that he used to be, and and you know, saying let's make this relationship work, and saying goodbye, and then <laughs> it happens. Yeah. Oh. Yeah. Um. And also, too, like you, you know that they're so beautiful together because of the fact that they're the parental units of a, of a group of misfits and cast decides. Yes. Right? Like, that's what makes them perfect is they're the perfect, like, adoptive parents. You know? Yeah. They're yep. the love that they share brings in people who have also been cast aside. Um, and, and I love that about them. So that their love literally makes a home on the ghost for everybody. Everyone's yeah. welcome. There. Yeah. So that's, that's something to aspire to. They're wonderful. They so. are. Um, but let's get to our number ones. Number yeah, one. Number one. <laughs> this, if anybody is on the show, uh, my number one oh. should come as no surprise. Katie, shall we say it on the count of three? Because I'm pretty sure we'll know this. 
<laughs> do you not know? My, my number one relationship in Star Wars. Oh, oh, pair I of characters. Yeah, yeah, you ready, yeah. Katie? Yeah. One, two, three. R2 and See, 3PO. Oh, oh. Yep. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. I said it off. Yeah, yeah, right. You said R2-D2 and C-3PO. I said C-3PO and R2-D2. <laughs> but yeah, yeah. Either way, it works. Yeah. And that is correct. So <laughs> I don't have a lot to say um, because, well, maybe I do. Because this is such a weird relationship because it's a pair of droids, you know, and, and they're supposed to be, quote unquote, inanimate objects that, you know, have a job and a duty. But they have so much personality that they've developed over the years. At sometimes they're best friends. Other times they're a bickering married couple. Um, but, but throughout all of the adventures and all the situations they find themselves in that are way beyond their original programming um, – you know, they always manage to have each other's back, find a way through, and they, you know, still manage to stay together, you know, or connected throughout all of this. They, they are – it's hard to define what their relationship really is because, like I said, you know, they're best friends, they're partners, they're, you know, counterparts, they're – co-conspirators they're a married couple they're brothers or something you know i I don't know there's so much so many different sort of weird little facets to their relationship Uh, you can't put like a single label on it Mm. um but i i just love it and and the two of them together are are is really one of the things that really got me so into Star Wars initially in the first place. So, you know, the the opening sequence of A New Hope with the two of them where we just follow them and we get, you know, the you know, don't call me a mindless philosophy of Love Greece. Now get out of there before somebody sees you. And the the <laughs> snarkiness between the two of them at the beginning and just the the fact that we follow these two for the first like twenty minutes of a new hope as we try and figure out where this story is starting. Um really hooked me into Star Wars. I love the two of them individually, the two of them together. I just can't stop grinning. So, <laughs> you know, I the sequel trilogy has been a trilogy has been a little sparse of the two of them for me. Um, you know, I understand why because it's not their story anymore technically, but that makes me a little sad because it's R2 and 3PO and they need to be the witnesses like we've had all this time. Um, well, that's the but, thing. Jason, I'm going to pitch you an idea just now. All right. Episode nine. It happens. It's amazing. R2 and C-3PO, like, unite in the middle of the screen. And C-3PO is like, my old friend or something like that. And it's all like, tell me where you've been or something like that. And then just Iris is out on the two of them. Like... They're, you know what I mean? They they've been apart for so long, uh-huh. and then and then these droids are two our storytellers, our witnesses finally come together, and we iris out. What do you uh, think? What do you think? That would make my heart sing. Uh- <laughs> <laughs> I love I love that idea. I'm not sure we're gonna get it, but I do love that idea. Um, oh. <laughs> you know. Uh, I love the two of them. I really do. R2 is, of course, my favorite character in Star Wars, so I'm a little bit biased in this, but that's okay. Oh, uh, 
Maybe the, wait, no. I got the line. I'm sorry. I just I, I got the line now. I got the line. Okay. Oh, you got the line. All right. R2, R2 and 3PO, they've been off doing their own things like they've been doing for the whole sequel trilogy. They finally, you know, they they reunite from across the thresholds, you know? And C3PO's like, my old friend, have I got a story for you? I was out. Like, yeah. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. I got a story for you. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> I, I got the fire of giant. It was amazing. (laughs) Die, Imperial dogs. (laughs) (laughs) Or First Order dogs, I should say. Um, Yes. Oh, my gosh. Yes. (laughs) On the one hand, I want that to happen. But on the other hand, I'm like, that that should never happen. Um, (laughs) (laughs) I mean, it should never happen, but it might. Uh, yeah. You should never hand 3PO a gun and expect him to do something good with it. Um, <laughs> but it might happen anyways. <laughs> All right. That's my number one, ladies and gentlemen. Um, shall we? <laughs> Who's next? It's Katie, right? I'm next. Mine's also predictable if you guys want to say it for me. <laughs> I, I think I know. Okay, do you know, yeah. Do you think you know, Jason? Um, I've got a couple of options. So One. <laughs> No, no. Uh, maybe is it? I don't know. It's either going to be something with Ray or something with Maul uh, or Poe, <laughs> and I'm like, I, there's like three or four I'm running just around. Go Kylo and, I don't and Ray. Know. Yeah. What? I'm gonna go Kylo and Ray. Uh, yeah, you guys are yeah. very smart. Yeah. Okay. Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. yeah. It's Raylo. I was, it was going to be like Ray, yeah, Raylo, or it was going to be Maul and Kira. But, oh, you know. Gosh. You know, wait until Maul and Kira get like their first comic or something. Then I—that's all I'm going to talk about. <laughs> I'm being like, "What's a Raylo? I don't know her. I'm only talking about Maul and Kira now for the rest of my life." <laughs> but no, for now, for now, it's all Raylo all the time. Yes. Oh when, my goodness! When yeah, we, that when relationship. We get that, when we get that story though of of Maul and and Kira, we're gonna have to just re- rename the podcast to um, Death, Mary, and Princess. Yes. So. Oh my gosh, that's the podcast. Yes. <laughs> <laughs> Sorry. Yes. <laughs> no, it's true though. Oh, but yeah, Raylo, that's 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 the relationship, fam. Like, I don't. You know, I guess we can't say for certain how that's going to play out or what mm-hmm. their relationship is exactly, but you can't deny that they are the core relationship of the sequel, you know, trilogy. Mm-hmm. They are. That's yeah. yeah that's what's going to, I don't know, tie everything together. Everything circles around them like gravity. You know, mm-hmm. they're at they're at that center of the universe. You know, everything's just caught in the gravity of these two. You know, and and even before you know, yeah, we knew anything about Ray's history or whatever. We could tell by them crossing blades that this was you know important. Them crossing blades was significant, and you know we didn't have the context for what that was yet. And I guess maybe we still don't. You can argue we still don't have the full context of you know of what it means for the two of them to cross blades, but we could tell just mm-hmm. from you know the gravity of of the two of them crossing lightsabers that this is significant, something important is happening here, you know? And it was so interesting to me the first time I saw The Force Awakens that, you know, she she kicks his butt, she knocks him on the ground, and she gives him that, like, death stare, mm-hmm. you know? She, like, stands over him, and you're like, oh, no, she's going to kill him. <laughs> like, this right. is it for Kylo Ren. He's done. And the Force itself, like, rips the planet apart to keep those two from from hurting each other you know that's 
that is interesting. That yeah. like the yeah, even the first time I saw that movie, I was like, oh, what is happening here? What is so awful about these two hurting each other that the force itself is like, nope, convenient ravine right here, <laughs> right? No, 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 my children, <laughs> my babies, separate, <laughs> go to your rooms. <laughs> you know? Like, uh, like, yeah, it's, I mean, it's like I was saying before, back when, you know, maybe Ray Kenobi could have been a thing. I was like, is this a replay of what happened on Mustafar? Is, you know, is that what's going on here? Are these long lost twins? You know, what yeah. is it? Are they, are they lovers? Is it like, you know, are they like, you know, fated to, to fall in love? Like, is that what's going to happen here? Like, you know, we didn't know, but you could tell that this was a central thing and everything was going to come down to the two of them and very excited to see that play out like yeah like you can't even you can't even imagine <laughs> no they, they really are the, the driving force for the sequel trilogy which yeah. is remarkable because you know they've you know in real time they've actually spent maybe an hour or so in each other's <laughs> physical presence over the course of the two movies you know you know even though even though they they physically have only been in the same place together a grand total of you know maybe an hour or two tops mm-hmm. you know the their relationship their dynamic their connection whatever that exactly is yeah drives everything moving forward now mm-hmm. you know it, it really does and it's remarkable and weird and cool and you know in all the right star wars ways you know yeah so, yeah <laughs> I love how you say that all the right Star Wars ways. That's exactly it. Yeah. (laughs) And and it's still, you know, while there's still, there's very, you know, big clues as to what the future holds for the two of them. There's still so much unknown and so much gray area that is still left to be explored between Mm -hmm. that relationship that we don't know what's going to happen and we don't know how it's going to play out. Um, that's why there's a million theories about the two of them. <laughs> yeah, exactly. <laughs> it's all still possible in a way. Yeah. Yeah. Oof. I just, yeah, I appreciate just the simple fact that you point out, Katie, that their relationship is central to this this mm-hmm. this trilogy, and it is. Um, in the same way that Luke and Vader's was, and in the same way that yeah. Anakin and Obi Wan's was. Mm-hmm. Or I guess you could say Anakin and Padme's, or Anakin and Shmi's. He had a lot of them. Yeah, um, he had a lot. Yeah, he was. Yeah, <laughs> they all came together to break him. Um, yeah, but yeah. Oh man, it's good. Oh, just you guys should uh, you should go listen to um, one of the most recent episodes of What the Force podcast. Uh, Mary Claire, the host, uh, you know, she had on a guest where they talked about they t- exclusively talked about the theory that Ray and Kylo are like literally Anakin and Padme reincarnated. You know, and and they bring up like such oh they make such a good case for it. It's so interesting. Every everybody should go listen to it. It's really fascinating. <laughs> um, this idea that um, you know. Uh, 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 Ray is like, you know, Ray is Padme, um, and she's kind of like, I don't know, by by growing up on Jakku, Ray kind of gets to see what Anakin's life was like, and, you know, um, Ben Solo, growing up a prince, you know, well, effectively yeah, a prince, right, right. you know what I mean? Yeah, growing up in luxury gets to kind of see what Padme's life is like, and, you know, they're they're getting to figure things out 
the way they didn't get to figure things out the first time around, you know? And then it's like, and then when they meet up again, you know, they're, they're kind of profoundly disappointed in each other because it's like, you know, you know, Anakin, Anakin's soul is like, you didn't come with me. I offered you everything and you said no, you know, and Padme meanwhile is like, you force choked me, you know? (laughs) (laughs) Yeah. And, and yeah, and they're finding a way to kind of rebuild this relationship. It's such a fascinating discussion, you know. Like, yeah, it's I highly huh. rec- it's highly recommended listening. It's real good. It's a but, uh, fascinating theory. I hadn't heard that right. theory explicitly. Mm-hmm. That's an interesting theory, to even just to like ponder for a minute. Right. Exactly. Yeah. I don't. I don't know if that's actually true. The way I phrased it on Twitter, because I've talked about it on Twitter a little bit, but the way I phrased it, I, I don't know if they are literally Anakin and Padme reincarnated, but I do think they are walking the same path that Anakin and Padme walked. Yeah. You know, that the path looks different with time. You know, the stone is cracked and, and overgrown with weeds, but it's the exact same path, mm. you know, and but this time it's going to lead somewhere different. You know, they have to, you know, they're walking those same steps, but they're going to, you know, actually see it through to the end the way Anakin and Padme weren't able to so similar to the way anakin and luke walked a very similar path but came to very different destinations yeah exactly yeah yeah it's an interesting idea Mm -hmm. i'll have to ponder that one yeah so for me of course i see this relationship as romantic or will ultimately be a romantic one you know much like anakin padme but uh but yeah i guess i guess we'll see because i you know there's no denying that it is the central relationship you know and they have by the end of nine they have to find a way to come back to each other and resolve everything you know somehow yeah somehow yeah Yeah. Yeah. what else were you gonna say there carl Nothing. <laughs> I don't think I have oh, anything sorry, else yeah. to add. No, it's fine. Um, yeah, I, I, I really like that notion though that that you just shared from what the force though the idea though that he does yeah. get to grow up kind of in the luxury that Padme grew up in and and she's growing up in the poverty that Anakin grew up in. Yeah. Um, so yeah, just really cool that those are similar paths, um, and what what that'll mean for one another yeah Um, yeah so yeah and in a way too i think like what i think kylo and ray will both represent when we get into nine is they Mm -hmm. are both kind of this symbolic heroes of either side right right like she represents even though like poe is probably the military commander and leia is probably still like the state head Mm -hmm. um kylo is supreme leader so there you go but um you know like i think they both represent something far bigger to to both sides of this conflict um so yeah they are they are just destined to resolve each other's journeys whatever that means yeah exactly um yeah uh interesting to note though that two times ray has had the opportunity to kill him and she didn't yeah yeah exactly um she could have on um you know she could have on uh star killer base mm-hmm. she had the opp- and she definitely had the opportunity there on, on the supremacy and yeah. chose to leave kylo so um maybe not as much on star killer like who knows maybe she would have killed him had the planet not ripped itself apart right yeah um, she had murder in her eyes yes <laughs> and I, I i never actually read the novel for force awakens but i know that it's in the novel that apparently she hears snoke telling her to kill him 
Yeah, she hears a voice being yeah. all like, "It's so it'll be so easy, so quick, yeah. you know, just to, to just kill him." Yeah, and she's kind of like, "Yeah, you're right." <laughs> yeah, <laughs> you know? she's like, "Yeah, yeah," <laughs> but but she, you know, again, but the statement's even more profound in Last mm-hmm. Jedi. You know, he's yeah. let her down. He's disappointed her to the utmost, and she knows what he's choosing to be, and she allows him to be that rather than end his end his life which again she could have so easily um yeah, exactly so yeah i'm curious to see where they go yeah same we'll find out well, in I a think, few months i know oh my gosh less than less than don't. six months <laughs> yeah uh i can't believe like i'll have frozen two by then no anyway it's, just, <laughs> it's, it's so far away like it's not even real like i can't uh but carl yeah what's your number one what do you think uh, Han Solo and Chewbacca. Damn right. Yes, it is. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> it is. Yeah. And, and, you know, I think two years ago, I wouldn't have necessarily put it as my number one. Oh, yeah. Solo made it my number one. Um, nice. Because nice. I got to see the origin of that relationship. And for some peculiar reason, again, like. I've been saying this ever since that movie came out. It wasn't the movie I wanted, but it was definitely the movie I needed. Um, so I didn't care ostensibly about their backstory, but then Solo made me care. Um, yeah, right. So <laughs> it's like yeah. you want to see him wrestling in the mud. Right? Yeah, I, I, <laughs> That's what you always needed. Yeah, um, <laughs> and you know, there's something about their relationship similar to a lot of the ones we've already talked about on, on the episode. Um, that it kind of transcends a category like yeah. they're not, you know, they're not just best friends. They're not pilot co-pilot. They're not like one superior, one's inferior. They're, they're just something else. Um, and I think the things that draw them to one another um, is I think their mutual gravity to use the language you just used so beautifully, Katie is loyalty. Um, these are two of the most loyal characters. Um, and, you know, Chewie gets to witness that very, you know, very concretely in Solo. His, you know, Han stating his purpose to go back for Kira. Uh, he sees him run back for Lando. Um, like, he he sees Han as a very loyal character. And that's the same thing Chewie is. Chewie's loyal to his people. And, um I think they also mutually see each other in a way that others don't. Um, Han is a fool. Han is <laughs> rash and arrogant and um, very unrefined. And yet Chewie never shames him for that. Yeah. Um, and I think that's really important is um, really close relationships accept the shortcomings of the other. Um, and I think Chewie does that for Han in a way no one else does, not even Leia. Um, and I think that means a lot for Han. And, you know, we see Han specifically in Solo. He's the one who asks Chewie, you know, what about you? What are you going to do with your share? He asks Chewie if he wants to come along with him and Beckett. He's always giving Chewie a voice. Mm. And Chewie is coming out of the experience of being a slave, you know, uh, a, a pet for the Imperial's amusement. And here's Han asserting, kind of like with Poe and Finn, he's asserting Chewie's 
humanity. I mean, yes, he's a Wookiee, but you know what I mean. Um, <laughs> you know, uh, he, he asks Chewie's name. Um, and then he does give him a nickname. Yes, he doesn't ask permission for that nickname in the way that, that Poe does. But I also think like it's still beautiful because you make nicknames for people that you're really close to. Um, yeah. But the way that Han asks, you know, what's your name anyway? Like, it, it gives him a sense of who Chewie is. And also in the novel, um, Chewbacca says that my name is Chewbacca, son of, and he says his father's name, right? It's, it's, it's really cool, too, because it gives you like that little like sprinkling of Wookiee culture. Like that would, yeah. that would make sense that like an indigenous uh, culture like the Wookiees would introduce themselves in a familial way, right? Mm. Um, so it's just really cool that he shares his full his full name, his full self with Han. And in kind of a similar way that Han can be the arrogant fool sometimes and Chewie accepts <laughs> it, Chewie's also welcome to be his raging, uh, kind of short-tempered self, and Han doesn't judge him for that either. So again, I, just, I think that's so important is like when you find someone who accepts you at your worst. Um, yeah. I think there's such a beauty in that. Not because we should always, not because we want to in, encourage the worst in the other, but to just not judge that. And to understand maybe even where it's coming from. And I think that they do that for one another. Um, You know, one of my favorite aspects of the Aftermath trilogy by Chuck Wendig was the fact that Han goes back to Kashyyyk with Chewie after Return of the Jedi to help free the Wookiees that are still enslaved there. And the Republic says no. Like, we're not going to give you a fleet. We're not going to help you. And they actually tell Han not to go. Han says, F it, I'm going. <laughs> and, yeah. and, you know, that loyalty kicks in because Chewie's given so much to Han. Of course, Han's going to do the same. Yeah. Um, he leaves his pregnant wife to do it, which is that the gr- best decision? That's up for debate. But I think it <laughs> speaks to what he has with Chewie. And Leia's not mad at him for it. Um, yeah. But I also think, you know, like when their relationship falls apart because of Ben falling, who does Han immediately meet, get back together with? Chewie. Chewie knows yeah. Han needs him, and Han needs Chewie, even though Han probably wouldn't admit it. <laughs> right. He doesn't have to. That's the thing, right? Chewie knows that Han is the arrogant fool. <laughs> he knows he's not <laughs> going to admit that he needs it, but Chewie will be there for him. Um, I just I love their relationship so much. Uh, you know, all the cute little things in the original trilogy. You know, watch Return of the Jedi tonight, and him when Chewie pets Han. Um, you know, when he's out of carbonite is, is so beautiful. <laughs> um, yeah, like, and I, and I do think like return of the Jedi shows kind of, I don't know, like there's something full force about their relationship because again, the battle of Endor, they're fighting on separate fronts, but they're being their best selves and they've always been there for each other all along the way. I don't know. It's just, it's so beautiful. Like, um. Yeah, I just I need a Chewy. I need a Chewy more than I need a Kira. Um, <laughs> and you know, there's something like you just think about that. You think about like the reality of when we get to Moss Eisley in A New Hope. Han and Chewy have been at each other's side for a decade, yeah. a decade, like ten yeah. years of always being around one another. <laughs> like, man, I want more of those stories. I need more of those stories. Um, yeah. So, yeah, that's, to no surprise, my number one. <laughs> yeah, no, I'm not surprised at all. I, I think <laughs> we all stayed very true to form with our number yeah, ones. Yeah, yeah. 
Yeah. We're on, we're brand. on brand for that. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> oh man. Yes. Uh, that's so good though. Um, I'm glad, I'm glad we had them on the list and you know, they weren't on mine because I knew Carl, you'd have them on yours. Um, <laughs> But yeah, no, they really are, you know, you think of relationships in Star Wars and they're, you know, instantly usually in the top three pairs that anybody picks out, you know, it's Han and Leia, Han and Luke, you know, Han and Chewie, Luke and Leia, you know, those are usually some of the first ones, Obi-Wan and Anakin, but, you know, Han and Chewie are usually always, you know, in that top three that people pick, if they're like, Name me three pairs in Star Wars. And, you know, Han and Chewie, R2-3PO. Right. You know, those are some of the first ones. So it's it's so good. And they really are. I like that you, you picked that out. Loyalty is mm-hmm. really kind of what, what drives their relationship. Because up until that point, you can't really say Han was super loyal, you know? Um in in some regards, yes, but you know, you know, with 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 certain people, but like he didn't have the motivation to stay loyal, you know. And it's not like we know if Chewie had any, you know, you know, Chewie didn't have a reason to stick with with Han at first, you know. Why, you know, he's trying to find his family. He used to be, you know, very well placed within the Wookiee culture. But then they got to know each other. They went on this adventure, and now they're inseparable. They are intensely loyal to each other, and that's all there is to it. Mm-hmm. So, yeah, yeah. Well, that's a lot of uh, that's a lot of relationships. But uh, I'm sure you all listening have some favorite relationships in Star Wars that we didn't talk about on the mm-hmm. episode. And as always, we welcome we welcome your insider or the the character relationships that you love so much be it romantic or otherwise um so certainly share those with us it's always fun to hear hear the things that uh that you're thinking about as we talk about the things we're thinking about (laughs) (laughs) definitely yeah definitely now um katie what was the matchup from last week Oh my gosh, our wonderful, wonderful matchup given to us by Suara was the infamous Baldo Wren versus Hot Snoke. So we'll have <laughs> images up for you guys on our Twitter and Facebook. Um, yes. Oh my gosh. Can, can you yeah. give a quick recap of what this is for anybody who may not be familiar? <laughs> Baldo Wren is, is a meme based on some of the concept art for Kylo Ren for The Last Jedi where Kylo Ren just didn't have any hair. He was just completely <laughs> bald. <laughs> and Hot Snoke is a uh, fan art uh, by After Blossom. I'm not sure how this got started, but yeah, if you find After Blossom on Twitter, uh, they drew um, a, a kind of a younger version of Snoke where he has this like really long silvery hair, <laughs> and he's just like, <laughs> and all of a sudden everybody's all like, you know what? I might join the first order. <laughs> 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 or he's just like he's just aggressively hot Snoke. So like, who wins in a fight between Kylo Ren with no hair and Snoke with long, gorgeous hair? Like, I don't know. <laughs> who wins? Oh my gosh, this is this is. I keep saying this might be the most ridiculous matchup we've ever done on the show. I feel like I've said that a few times the yeah. last several months. So. Uh, but, but it's so glorious. So thank you, Suara, for that. And uh, Carl, if people want to weigh in on the matchup or any of the uh, discussion that we had this episode, where can they do that? 
Um, of course, over on Twitter, you can follow us at Wampas Lair. Uh, we're on Facebook at Wampas Lair Podcast. And you can always email us at Wampas Lair Podcast at gmail.com. Katie, where can folks find you on the Twitterverse? Uh, you guys can follow me at Pohot Dameron. Yeah. <laughs> Finger guns. Pew. Finger guns. <laughs> All right. That's a fun place. So, do you guys feel like meeting up in uh, going to Rancho in a couple days? Yeah, that sounds all right. All right, cool. Uh, I, I think I can swing it. Schedule. <laughs> yeah, <laughs> sounds good. All right, see you. See you in. See you in California. Sounds good. See you in California in a few days. All right. Well, that's going to wrap up this episode of the Wampas Lair Podcast. This has been episode number three hundred and forty. Standard shipping for Carl and Katie. I'm Jason, and we will see you next time here in the Papa's Lair. <laughs>